haven't worn a bra in like three months. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Natural Science Daily. First of all, I want to apologize. I know it has been a couple weeks since we've had an episode. I think the last one was probably the episode with Chase Gagney when we went moth trapping. You know, it's been a pandemic, and I honestly, if I'm being completely upfront, have not had the motivation to sit down and record with anyone, and I just also didn't have the time. So this weekend, I put in a little bit of extra time and motivation towards myself and sat down and got some interviews in for you guys. This episode is going to be an interview with six college students that have been in their last year of college. Some of them still have a couple more classes to go, but for the most part, they've all graduated and they are all based in Maine for school, um, UMaine and Unity. And really the point of this, it's not so much like some of the other podcast episodes where we talk about some research that someone individually has been doing, but more I sit down and ask how they've been handling this potentially one in a lifetime experience. Um, Usually one in a lifetime experiences are a little bit more positive than this, but I just think it's good information. So even if you're not in college, you can hear what it's been like for these people. So I hope you guys take the time to listen to this. It may not be as exciting and riveting, but these students are some of the best and the best that I know. They have had amazing experiences. They've all been extremely successful throughout their college careers. So I hope you enjoy and take the time to hear what they have to say. So let's get right into it. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Natural Science Daily. I am here with six uh, college graduates, or soon to be graduates, I'm pretty sure you guys all made it through. Um, So congratulations. Um, And I have them on as a panel just because we're in a pandemic and you guys are the first class really to graduate in a pandemic. So I just thought this would be interesting and beneficial for those in the future maybe that have to go through this. So starting with Molly, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yep. Hey, I'm Molly. I just graduated, hopefully. Um, I am interested in a little bit of everything, uh, mostly stuff that are not considered super charismatic, like insects, um, slimy things, like mammals, like possums and raccoons and stuff. I've done a lot of different work working with people on various projects, including with uh, frogs, ticks, birds, eastern cottontails, and I have never really been able to narrow down like a group or taxa that I like the most. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, we also have Mike Terso. Mike, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, I'm uh, Mike. Uh, I'm weirdly obsessed with birds. I kind of have been for most of my life. Uh, I just graduated uh, with the class of 2020, um, and I have been lucky enough over the last four years to be able to work with some pretty rare and endangered uh, songbirds. Yeah. All right. Uh, we also have Auden Lacarosa. Lacarosa. Auden, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, so I'm Auden, but it's pronounced Lacarosa. A good try. <laughs> Someday I'll get it. It's only been uh, like four years. I have done a few different things. With, um, I had an internship with NOAA Fisheries doing Atlantic salmon research, um, and I've done some work with 
uh, Bradford, who was on one of your other um, episodes, mm-hmm. uh, doing uh, seabird research with um, piping clovers and these turns down in Duxbury, Massachusetts. But I really like carnivores, especially canines. I would really love to work with coyotes someday in the future. Um, and like most everyone else in this group, I also just graduated class of 2020 from University of Maine. Awesome. We also have Kevin Smith. Kevin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I can. Uh, for one, thankfully, my name's a little easier to pronounce. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I am also part of the class of 2020. Uh, I will be uh, at UMaine in the fall for a couple more credits, uh, but then I'll be all set. Uh, my primary experience is uh, with some wildlife education uh, at a summer camp I spent many years at. Um, and I think in the future, I'm starting to become pretty interested in invasive species and combating those, as well as land management uh, for its best uh, use. All right, awesome. We also have Nick Lusson, and he is our only student that's from Unity. Everyone else has been from UMaine so far. Um, so Nick, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. Hello, everyone. I am a current student at Unity College. Uh, I'll be graduating in the fall. I still have a few credits to finish off. Uh, majoring in wildlife biology. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work with multiple avian game species, including turkeys and Canada geese. And uh, as of right now, I'm doing undergraduate research dealing with uh, range expansion of gray fox here in Maine. Um, that's pretty exciting. And this summer, I'm working as a research technician in North Carolina studying northern bobwhite quail. That's pretty fun. We also have Liberty Chestnut. Um, Liberty, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi. Um, I am another graduate of University of Maine. Um, I started off in the major wildlife ecology with really no idea what um, I wanted to do specifically. I loved everything like most of us do. Um, on spur of the moment, I got an internship to work with the Department of Marine Resources. I um, started working on the river that I grew up on, on the Kennebec here in Maine, and fell in love with Atlantic salmon. And three years later, I was still doing that same internship, still on the Kennebec, um, working on the Kennebec and the Sandy River. And I loved it, and I declared my um, major, my concentration fisheries and never looked back. So I've had the same internship, but I've done um, a lot of different things with it. I've worked with shad, I've worked with alewife, but my major concentration has been Atlantic salmon on the Kennebec. Awesome. Well, thank you guys all for introducing yourselves. So I just want to start off for those who are listening. um, We are still in the midst of a pandemic. And for those of you who may not be in the wildlife field, a lot of the classes that these students have to take Um, especially the higher level like senior courses are very hands-on and you're in the fields three to four days a week most of the time if not more just like on your personal time and so first of all when my first question is when schools were closing like when we first heard about COVID did you guys have an inkling that class schools are going to change or like was it just kind of like all of a sudden they're like hey sorry you can't come back what was that like? I guess for me, I, I sort of had an inkling 
um, because I have some friends at a couple other universities in the state, and they closed down a few days before UMaine did. I think UMaine, like, had a press release before they actually, like, told anyone at the university, classic UMaine style. So um, I was thankful that I didn't really have a lot of field-heavy courses this semester, um, besides uh, the one that uh, a lot of you were in with me, Lindsay's lab. Um, but uh, I am feel lucky that I was able to complete my courses online instead of, I don't know, having them postponed, but it kind of, I just kind of got the sense that everybody was flying by the seat of their pants mm-hmm. and continue to be doing it. And so. you were working on your honors project still, right? Yes. So did that kind of throw you for a loop? Was your advisor pretty helpful in that at all? Thankfully, mine was a literature review, and so it was a lot of online work anyway that I would have been doing, like, sitting on my butt in my pajamas in my apartment anyway. Uh, I did find it a lot harder to get work done, even though I had, like, all this free time now and, like, no schedule. I don't know if you guys also found that, that it took me forever to get anything done. So I did get my thesis done, but it probably could have been better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't know what I would have done if I was, like, doing a field-intensive or lab-intensive project, though. Mm-hmm. Mike, what it was like? What was it like for you? Because you've also been working on an honors project, correct? Uh, it was just capstone. Um, it wasn't honors. Okay. Um, you were doing something. So I'm not that smart, unfortunately. I thought you were in <laughs> honors for some reason. Um, but I was kind of like Molly. Uh, I was kind of lucky in that um, my field work had been completed in the summer of 2019, um, and then I got the bulk of my analysis as well as most of my thesis done in the fall semester. So I was kind of ahead of the game when the spring came around. So there wasn't a whole lot left to do except for like a little bit of GIS stuff um, towards the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it didn't really throw me for too much of a loop. I will say, you know, I kind of um, backed off a little bit with, from, with my two advisors because I knew that they had so many uh, more things going on. So, um, I kind of just, I didn't really, I kind of stopped seeking help. I would say just because, um, I knew there was so much going on and I could have finished it all on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I was pretty lucky that I had, that I was able to do that. I would say, yeah. Okay. Nick, what was it like at Unity when things kind of started happening? It was, it was very unexpected at the time we were just going on spring break. It was a couple days when we started hearing that, the UMaine school systems, as well as a couple other school systems, were shutting down. Um, but we weren't entirely sure if Unity was going to go that route. There wasn't there wasn't any talks about it yet. So mm-hmm. I went on spring break, and I think a couple days in, they announced that Unity had shut down. Um, the hardest part of the whole thing was I live all the way in Illinois. That's where my home is. So I left a majority, if not all, of my stuff back at Unity, and I couldn't go get it. So, oh, wow. Because you were an of, RA. Yeah, I was an RA, so I, was, I wasn't worried about any of my stuff going anywhere. But at the same time, I had already secured this job in North Carolina. And the hardest part was figuring out how to get back there and trying to work with the school to have them give me my stuff and just kind of get it all out of there. So what it was, was 
a pretty tough situation, but I, I managed to get through it. So did all the other students that were living in the dorms have to go through that as well? Yeah, some people could have stayed over spring break at the college, and some did, and they were lucky enough to have been there for the announcement, mm-hmm. and they could get all their stuff out pretty easily, but I know a, a bunch of my friends and other classmates at Unity still have a bunch of their stuff. Still wow. Sitting in the college. Do you and guys... We're, so... just, we're just working with our director of housing and uh, dean of students to figure out ways to get it all out so just a whole big mess that's wild i i guess i didn't really think about what it would be like to try and get your stuff back do you guys um at umaine do you know if they had anything similar to that for an issue or was um like um, the timing because i think it was before spring break that umaine closed so like did your professors were they able to like brief you at all like i know our wildlife professors at UMaine are usually fairly candid with how they talk about things. So, like, what were they kind of talking, like, saying to you guys, if anything, about it? I don't think they really knew anything. Uh, we were all kind of confused. I remember some professors just kind of like saying, like, "When you know, we'll know." Um, and I think Molly mentioned it. They had a press conference prior to letting any of their students know. And I thought that was a little bit backwards because I heard from like my mom who lives in another state right. about it before the school told me. So I was like, oh, no, that's fake. It's just somebody starting a rumor. So it was yeah. a little bit <laughs> weird at first. It was the Bangor Daily News. That's, what, <laughs> that's who released it, I think. Yep. And then, you know, uh, mom. Oh, no. It was everywhere. Everyone knew about it. That is wild. Because, like, i kind of seen some things just about it, about the, there being a virus. But, like, at the time, like, it wasn't in Maine. So I was like, ah, no, they wouldn't actually cancel college. Like, how would they do that? But they did. They did it. They did the thing. Which, it's like, at the end of the at the end of the syllabus, when they say, in, like, extenuating circumstances, such as, like, a zombie apocalypse... <laughs> this class will be moved online and you never think that it's ever gonna happen until it does it really did it was amazing yeah steve was the only one that was ready for this i think yeah you're right <laughs> and also had something like that too yeah not surprised um what have some of your classes been like like how i have heard things like from other like college stuff like online that students kind of feel like they're having they had more of a course load um, just because, like, college, some professors are like, hey, you have more time, here's more things to do. Um, or, like, even just, like, the classes that were supposed to be outdoors, where you're supposed to have, like, people come and speak, or you're supposed to go to a site. Like, what was that like? All of my professors have been great. Good. I was, I was like, a few of the others that have already said, like, the course load was really easy. Um, I had already three online classes. Um... So the professors that I had were already, like, really easygoing as far as um, handing things in as long as you were emailing them. And they were still working out Blackboard. Like, you could tell the professors I had had never used Blackboard a lot. They A lot of them expressed that this class was online for the first time. So we were all working together already. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an anthropology class. I had a deep sea biology class. And I had a beaches and coast class online um so we were already adjusted to the online and then 
when classes shut down, it was like they were extremely, extremely lenient. I think that most of our um, assignments were like dropped. I can think of like four research papers I think I had to have like started written already because they were coming up the due dates and then they were completely dropped. Mm. A lot of like one professor let us choose what we wanted to do for the final. Like it was very, very laid back. And I don't know, a few of us have Alessio for our wildlife class. Alessio, I thought, was very understanding. If you couldn't, if, if you emailed him, him and Lindsay were very understanding and lenient. Lindsay had said a hundred times, like, if you can't get it in, email me. I understand. Everybody has these things going on. So. I don't know. I thought I had a great semester because all these professors were like really helping me out. That's not that I needed to like, you know, not that I needed everybody to like drop all these assignments. Like I was getting work done, but it was, I felt a lot more laid back because things were just really, really chill. Mm -hmm. I think. And I I think we got lucky in that sense because of the department we have. Um, And a lot of us already have really good relationships with our professors. So it just made it that much easier for us all to communicate like hey this is a rough time and we all understand that Mm -hmm. yeah i think that like compared to like sometimes uh in i've been seeing a lot of memes from people like from other colleges and stuff and like other uh fields of study who are like just some of their professors are really like piling on the work or like making it impossible to like finish assignments or do exams or like all this stuff and it's just a little wild and I think that um at least at least for humane or at least for like the wildlife field I think that everyone is so passionate about what they're doing that like it's it's such a family type like group yeah that mm-hmm. I don't think um I don't think most wildlife professors are going to be really like piling on the work, piling on all this stuff, like making it impossible to do anything um, because they, they're they also struggling with right. what's going on. Like there's, you can't do the hands-on stuff that we're supposed to be doing in a group mm-hmm. during a pandemic. So I and think, I think our field is, it's pretty lucky. I know people like Alessio even had like, they had their own research. I think he has research still going on. Like he just got this giant grant. So he was probably busy writing for that. He has grad students working for him. I imagine that he, people like him, like there's a lot of people like him were just as probably extremely stressed, like compared to us. So they handled it awesome. When I, when this kind of first started hitting the rest of the world before it kind of got to Maine, I had interviewed Bryn for the podcast. Um, for those of you listening, that was the camera trapping episode, but, uh, they, Trump had just shut down, like, um, um, travel from like Europe. And I guess Alessio had been at a conference in India for a week and Bryn's like, we haven't heard from him. He's not technically a U.S. citizen. Um, yeah, he's from Italy and he was stuck in India and his wife was at home with two, like, young kids are like four and two like i imagine they were all losing their minds mm-hmm. yeah i think he got like the last possible flight back almost good like way later than he was intending to mm-hmm. it was wild. 
And, like, I don't know if... Do you guys remember Bridget Ray? Yeah. Nice little nugget. She and her boyfriend were working in Ecuador at a banding station running that. And they'd just been, like, in the jungle and then got to town and, like, everything was shut down. And, like, one of the last flights back to the U.S. was leaving, like, that day. It was insane prices to get a flight. But, like, even just, like, the travel at the time to, like, get to the airport, like, wasn't running because everything was shut down. And I think she ended up having to get a hold of the U.S. Embassy or they got a hold of them. And they got, like, a very, very late flight back to the U.S. Like, they were supposed to be there for a total of six months and they had to come back early. And it's just, it was one of the things I hadn't really thought about until she had mentioned it. She, like, texted the group chat and she's like, hey, just an update. And, like, uh, Lauren Delinsky still in Costa Rica and I think she's doing good. Um, it's just one of those things that, like, we talk about essential and non-essential on our everyday. But, like, a lot of us in the field, like, there's people all over the, all over the place. Or, and it's just, I feel like, an interesting part of our field that we don't always think about. Or I don't always think about. Yep. The biggest challenge for me with this semester was um, not really the course adjustments, but uh, it's so much harder for me to learn in an online class, mm -hmm. except uh, my one online class that I was taking that was like already online GIS. It went great through Machias. Yeah. Can't say enough good things about that class, but like Alessio's class was hard for me. That was the one... Um, I attempted to do pass-fail, but I did it wrong somehow, and so that didn't end up happening. Mm -hmm. um, because one nice thing that you made did for us was um, you could do pass-fail on, like, any and all of your classes for the semester, which I really appreciated, even though, like, it, it ended up, like, not happening for me. But um, there are some complicated topics in that class. Definitely. And I just thought it was so much harder for me to learn and, like, study just because of, like, the lack of schedule and stuff. And, like, you can go to bed at, like, 2 in the morning and, like, wake up at noon and, like, not, no, no one is going to stop you because <laughs> right. you have, like, nothing happening. I just thought that was a difficult environment to learn in. Like, that's not any of our professors' fault, of course, but right. it just was a challenge for me. But it's nothing compared to my current challenge of uh, uh, finding employment. I just applied to Shaw's, being yeah. the most qualified I've ever been. Uh, so that's, yeah, it sucks. That, yeah, that's the next thing I want to talk about is what were you guys' plans before the pandemic struck and where are you at now? Um, so, I mean, I guess I'll just go first. Um, so I, in January, I was hired by New Jersey Audubon to basically do some, um, monitoring of golden wing warbler, which is an endangered species in New Jersey. Um, and for a long time, I wasn't really sure once the whole, you know, COVID thing hit, but cause then my boss never really reached out until like two weeks beforehand. Um, and she said, Oh, we're still on, uh, just so you know. Um, so I guess because we got lucky because they designed some really specific uh, social distancing protocols and it's really it's independent field work for the most part anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why they kind of let it happen. Um, I did think it was kind of goofy that uh, bird monitoring is considered an essential service. Um, I have one of those little letters now. I kind of I just think that's hysterical. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Lucky. laughs> yeah, I do. I really, you know, I, I, I consider myself very lucky. So I was uh, 
I got a job uh, working with the Conservation Corps of Maine. I was going to be doing like field work or uh, like trail work around the whole state um, until like from May till October. And they emailed me in like April, I think, being like, okay, we're going to like push back our start date to like June 8th. I was like, okay, at least I still have a job, you know, like we're good. It's a little, like it's a month less of a job, but it's still a job. Mm -hmm. Um, And then during finals week, so like the first week of May or the second week of May, they ended up emailing us again and being like, we can't do our field, like all, all of our, the rest of our service hours for the year are being canceled. Um, so, so now I'm also in the position of like, what the heck am I going to do for the summer? I'm still on my lease until like August. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go back down to like chill out with my parents, you know, the best thing to do right after you graduate college. Uh, and like, I could work down there, but there's even more people down there. There's like way more risk of picking up the virus or transmitting it to someone else. And, um, it's just like, even though there's a lot less opportunities to work in general, like I'd rather stay in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, the, the job that I had was, was going to be like a small uh, group of people. So it would be like five or six of us working together like all the time. But I don't think it was going to in- involve, um, what's the word, like re- residency. So we would be like leaving the work site at like different uh, times of the the summer, and then like reconvening. So that wouldn't have like that would have been a method of like transmitting things. So I don't know. They they might have been able to work out something that was less um, less potential for transmitting, but it didn't end up happening. Right. Oh, that's awful. I didn't have any specific plans like I didn't have a job set up like a few of you um but I did notice and I'm sure everyone has like I had been like looking at our department emails and looking at like different job boards and it is it was completely clean of like any field work and any wildlife and almost any anything except night shifts at Hannaford so I was like this is cool I was looking and now I'm definitely not looking at anything I was thinking like what am I gonna do but mm-hmm. I've applied to a couple I live I live in Solon now that's like um like two hours away from Orono mm-hmm. and it's very small we don't have like I was traveling an hour to work for DMR when I lived here but I have applied to like a vet clinic I thought if I can't get any field work with wildlife like animals would be the next best thing so I applied for a vet tech position. I applied for a vet assistant position. I've applied for a couple other small things, but nothing so far, but I'm, oh my gosh, I'm hoping. I think like animals will be the next best thing. Like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) There are no field jobs anywhere. Yeah, I've, I was lucky enough to get a part-time job uh, working for one of our professors to like, help digitize one of his classes, um, Steve. 
because uh, he's like, you've taken ecology. And I'm like, yeah. So he, I'm like, he's for some reason thinks I'm qualified to like help him design his class. That's <laughs> good. Online. But it's only part time. Uh, this job like didn't exist, but he just like wanted to like help somebody, which is really nice of him because mm-hmm. I also had a field job and it got canceled. Um, I was going to work for a grad student uh, doing some wetland work, but uh, his field season was canceled, so he had to fire all his technicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I need more money than part-time, but it's hard to find anything. I've given up on doing wildlife field work for the summer, uh, which sucks. Uh, I'm okay with working crappy job like Shaw's, but... My bigger goal was to attend graduate school, but now I don't know what's going to happen. And I was going to go try and apply to UMaine again, um, and I have been tempted to email uh, the graduate coordinator, Hamish Greek, but I'm sure he has no idea what's going to happen either. Right. So I just have to wait and like put my plans on hold and scramble to make ends meet until this is over. I'm uh, I'm glad to say that I still have uh, a job for the summer, um, which is nice. Uh, luckily, this job was already uh, set up to kind of be by yourself mostly. Uh, we were originally supposed to. There was three of us staying in uh, the same house together, but they've uh, separated us all for now, and they have us quarantined for two weeks before we can actually start our job. Um, so it's nice that they're taking all the precautions and uh, just glad that they've kind of orientated the job to a proper manner to still make it work and still keep the field season going. So I'm very glad that that's still a thing. Awesome. I think that's where wildlifers are, or might uh, end up getting lucky if, if they have jobs like that that are solitary on their own. Uh, I didn't have anything specific lined up for the summer, same as you, Liberty, but I had applications out and they were just uh, kind of wiped clean, like you said. A lot of jobs just can't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and similar to Molly, I'll end up finding some other part-time job uh, just to make money for the summer. I think a lot of college kids have also fallen into the trap of not being um, – accepted into unemployment i tried for over a month and it took me i think it was five or six weeks just to get a denial letter from them and i've called them over 200 times and not once has have they been able to answer because they're just so busy yeah i think that college students are in between that kind of like we don't get 1200 dollars for stimulus but since we're over 18 and i think a lot of us our parents probably still claim us as dependent but since we're over 18 our parents don't get the $500 for their dependent so we're kind of in this crappy middle zone where we like don't get financial assistance thankfully uh, I think that UMaine gave out some money to students who are like really in a tough financial situation Mm -hmm. so that's good but I don't think it is reaching a lot of students who could use it because it just seems like university does not have a lot of money they want to spare right now. Yeah, um, we all got, um, at UMaine at least, I don't know about, I think all colleges had the CARES Act come to them. We had it, we had it go by credit hours, so 
12 over 12 credit hours i think we all got 400 for that and it decreased with your credit hours decreasing Mm -hmm. but as and i I also know you made it a thing where if you had worked for them for a month like a campus job they took like your month's salary and they gave that to you or something like that they averaged like how much you made a month and then they gave that to you as like a one-time check Mm -hmm. i did not get the four hundred dollars and i had i had over 12 credit hours so Oh, that's really weird. I definitely got $400 as soon as they said they were going to do it. The same day I had it. Um, if you don't, maybe your check is in the mail because I know I had direct deposit and they said that. I also cool. have direct deposit. Um, I don't know. Dude. That's, I don't know. I know I got my. Maybe you should call them. Yeah, <laughs> you should call the school. You definitely should. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was only for like people who were like going to starve. No, they had also an emergency fund where you could apply for more. Um, in addition to the 400 or the 300 or the 200 that you got. But if you took more than 12 credit hours, you definitely got 400. And I think we all had to because that's, that's like two or three classes. I think we all would have that. <sighs> but I, actually had a, have I, had a campus, I had a campus job for like two days before this all shut down. Mm-hmm. So I got, no, I got those two days paid for, but I didn't get like the month, like the average I don't get unemployment because I didn't it was a campus job and I'm definitely a dependent but I'm not depending on my parents at all I think my mom gave me a birthday card with like 50 bucks in it but that's all that's all I've gotten yeah so it's not I'm not depending on anyone essentially so it's been really whack but that's we're dealing with it I have a really good landlord and I have a really my boyfriend works full-time which has been a-okay so I'm not one of the like really stressed, but mm-hmm. it's not fun not having income. It right. feels really weird, actually. I've never yeah. done like I've always had a job. I've worked at least two jobs all the time, and now I feel weird not working completely. Yeah, I was a lifeguard at the rec center, and then they closed the rec center, so I just couldn't anymore. Basically, my parents' attitude. I'm lucky that, like, there, my dad works uh, for Casella Waste, which is an industry that is, like, never going away because trash always exists. So, thankfully, he still has his job. So, he still has an income. And mm-hmm. he was like, I won't let you starve. That's uh, good. That's which, very which is nice. nice of him. <laughs> Go, Dad. Uh, but you should but besides that, he's like, I'm not going to, unless you're, like, you know, actually going to die or something, I'm not going to give you money. Which is, which was like, you know, the deal, and I'm fine with that, but it's just a shitty time for. I think you need to call that time. You need to go get your $400. Yeah. I know, right? Anyone else like we all got it. I thought I was done dealing with the bursar's office. I guess not. (laughs) That's the gift that keeps on giving. It's like herpes, it just never goes away. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, what did Unity give you? Did Unity give you any money? Yeah, I got, uh, what did I get? Uh, I got, I can't remember how much, but the CARES Act helped me out. Good. Yeah, I think Huston students, some of them got 600 so. Yeah, I couldn't get any funding because I had an on-campus job, but they didn't have enough. They're smaller schools, so they didn't have enough in their budget to hand out anything for that. So, But luckily, I was part of the CARES Act, whatever, eligibility, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. So aside from money and 
job-wise, how are y'all doing mentally? Let Like, are you, like, trying to look for that bright side? Um, do you need a hug <laughs> or a walk <laughs> in the woods? Um, I just, I really just want to hear from, like, firsthand, like, how are you guys doing? It doesn't sound like everyone's doing great. Is there anything beneficial to take from this? Like, I know it's hard um, to try and, like, see a bright side, maybe more sleep. It's nice to be done with school. Mm-hmm. I haven't worn a bra in, like, three months. Free that nip. Oh, come on. <laughs> that, was, that was put away way before quarantine. <laughs> it definitely um definitely okay. testing positive for missing the homies <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it sucks that uh well our department was gonna have like a get together with everybody and it didn't happen mm-hmm. and they said they're gonna have something in the fall or whenever we can all get in person together again but like people are gonna be in different places by that time right whenever it is so it just I cared more about that than, like, the commencement ceremony because, like, these are all my friends that I've gone to school with for the last four years, and it seems like we didn't get a proper goodbye. Mm-hmm. What – I want to hear from all of you. Um, your favorite wildlife-related college memory? If you guys need a second to think about it, I can uh, – sure. I got mine. I always have mine on hand. All right, Liberty, let's hear it. <laughs> um, so my favorite by far, I know a lot of you will say May term. I loved May term. Z, 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 all that shit. But that wasn't my favorite. I actually hated the black slides. Um, in junior year, um, well, wait, backstory. Um, November of junior year, I totally broke my leg in half playing rugby. Mm. While I planned to, right after I signed a contract to go to Peru with our field, with a, a field class from our school, led by the one and only Lindsay and Alessio. So I was more than excited to go to Peru with Lindsay and Alessio and a bunch of our classmates, and then I broke my leg. And Lindsay literally said, well, I guess you're not going to Peru. I was like, screw you, Lindsay, I'm going to Peru. <laughs> so I got my cast off, and the next day we flew to... Iquitos, Peru, um, and my favorite memory comes from that trip is, um, so picture like, like the beer you use for Edward 40 hands, like giant beers. They were like $2 in Peru. We were in this village in the middle of the Amazon where the only thing like that was like, um, like they had Sprite and they had this beer that tasted like Bud Light and it was like, they were like 30 of these like giant coolers full of this beer um and we all had the money to buy this beer and we had no care in the world and we had a dance party in the middle of this village so i like (laughs) i had paprika on my face we had flour we had Lindsay and her friends like over here dancing drunk as hell (laughs) Lucio was watching he looked kind of disappointed in all of us but he did end up letting loose. Um, Good. And let's see. That was my favorite memory. That's we, awesome. Like, all the village joined us. They were. We, they thought we were probably crazy. We were crazy, <laughs> but they thought we were insane. And cool. it was so fun. For the listeners that may not know, um, can you just explain what that Peru trip was just a little bit? Yeah. So there's um, – it was a field class. You um, applied to take it and – 
I don't know, the application process was pretty much why you want to go and have you taken a basic biology or ecology class and what your major was. And it was a combination of wildlife majors and environmental science majors. I think it was mostly environmental science. I know that Kevin and Mike actually both went, but then we, um, it was over winter break. It was the first week and a half of January. So it was really great. We left like the blizzard back in Maine and we went to Peru and we stayed at a lodge on the Tahuayo River of Peru, which is a like reserve in the middle of the Amazon around absolutely nothing else. It's a lodge. It's a beautiful lodge with solar panels powering one little um, hut in a kitchen. And that was all the power we had. And it was, it was in the middle of absolutely nowhere, which was like, it, it's a one, it's like a one in, one in a million thing like they don't have um like it's not like a petting zoo it's like you're watching it's the wildlife's world and like you're really living in it so um yeah we we paid like it was three thousand i think to go and that included absolutely everything so that's amazing really it was really amazing i'm glad you have to do that yeah and mike and kevin can talk about it they also went so yeah peru was insane it was amazing it was a lot of fun the absolute wildest adventure I think I've ever been on, ever, and probably will ever go on. <laughs> the birds um, I, know the I don't know. Mike could not keep himself together. There was, that was a bird. <laughs> yeah. I was not able to keep it together, but like I didn't even, I didn't even know the birds there. And Mike was, oh my gosh, it was so fun. Come yeah, on. I was losing it over those birds. I mean, you know, unlike any, and most birds on there, unlike anything you've ever seen. Um, but like, I guess aside from Peru, um, I think my favorite wildlife-related memory, um, we'll kind of quick backstory. So a, a friend of mine, I think this was this was sophomore year, uh, and we used to go for, like, drives, just, like, around Orono, around, basically, around the whole entirety of central Maine. Um, and we often went to Sun Kays National Wildlife Refuge. And one time when we were there, uh, we were driving up the dirt road, um, and on the left side of the road, there's just this, like, sitting on an exposed snag was just like the shadow of a thing um and i was like oh that looks like an owl or whatever so so i was expecting like you know a great horn or a bard or something like that but it looked really big so we get out and we get binoculars on it and it's a great gray owl which um is a really rare far northern owl um it's one of the biggest in the world um and it's i mean it's it was a once in a lifetime thing for me just to get to see it um, and then this thing, I mean, it just came cruising r- low right over the car. And it was just like this really surreal experience to be able to sit there um, and just experience this really rare, uh, this elusive creature just kind of out of the blue. It was really, it was really pretty, pretty amazing. So not a super funny one, but you know. No, that's awesome. That's a, I remember that being there because obviously Kyle was kind of having a stroke over it. I never actually yeah. went and saw it, but I do remember the time that it was near school. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> I was like, die. I mean, I'm underplaying it, but I was kind of dying (laughs) when this thing just like cruised low over the car. It's like I could have reached up and grabbed it if I wanted to. It was, ugh. (laughs) Were you like, no, that can't be it? No, I was like, I was looking at it. I was like, no, that's not it. That's not like this isn't the grid, right? And it's like, and then it just cruised over the car, and it's like I almost fainted. Like, thank God I had a friend there with me to like (laughs) keep me together. 
favorite wildlife related memory was probably from uh, one of my jobs I had over a summer um, mist netting bats that was just amazing because like I had never seen a bat up close like you see them in the night sky like for a second but you never really get to see them and then when you have one in a mist net and then you're holding it it's just amazing and it feels like you're like privy to like a mystery that you know only a few people get to experience uh that wasn't like university related so probably my favorite university related thing was like bonding with all my classmates and professors at may term and like developing close relationships with classmates and professors that uh i hope are going to uh last many more years uh also um Auden and I are forcing our way into Steve's life over, <laughs> uh, over the past few years and uh, forcing him to be friends with us. I don't know if he thinks that he's our friend, but we think he's our friend. Oh, that's definitely a strong <laughs> accomplishment. I wish I had done that. Yeah, to kind of go off what Molly was saying, um, so Molly and I work on a project together in May term. Um, and I mean, like Liberty said, I, everyone's going to say May term probably, but like, May term was great. I don't want to take away from May term. It was great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Peru sounds really cool. I I wish I could have gone on one of those other trips, but they were pretty expensive and I wasn't going to be able to, but like May term was really cool. Um, and so that's, you know, the two, two week field course that we all have to take as wildlife students at university of Maine. Um, and like the whole two weeks, it's just like you're constantly learning all this new stuff. Um, I loved it because like I was just immediately surrounded by like everyone who had the same values as I did. Like everyone who's just excited as hell about wildlife. You know, we're all like kind of in this weird, clunky, nerdy group together. And like I didn't worry about anything else that entire two weeks. Like I didn't have to care about like politics I didn't have to care about like I didn't have to be self-conscious or anything like it was just all you had to do was think about catching fish or birds or small mammals or like frogs and it was great um Angie's cooking was amazing Mm -hmm. oh I live for Angie's food oh yeah (laughs) oh the lasagna soup she made Oh. oh We got lobster the last day. I was, like, pretty okay with that. Yeah, that was awesome. I ate lobster with the professors at their table, and I had never had lobster before. What? Yeah. (laughs) But, like, we caught, they caught that lobster that day on the boating trip to the Puffin Island. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um... And Lindsay and Eric were like, oh, come sit at the the table with us, and, like, we'll show you how to eat lobster. (laughs) I'm like, enjoying the lobster with them and like Lindsay's cracking open a piece and one just flies across the table hits me right in the face I'm like I think I've been blessed (laughs) (laughs) I love it but uh actually going back real quick to the other question you had beforehand Toby about like what we how things have been going now yeah um one good thing about like not being in classes, I guess, is that, like, 
I have a lot more time to just go outside and just do shit. Good. And um, so, like, that's actually kind of become a, a good memory for me, despite, like, everything else going on. And it's, like, um, my friend Sequoia, who's a sophomore, um, he stayed in the area. And we basically just have been setting trail cameras out, like, in some caves and along, like, trails nearby Orno and Old Town. Um, and so we've just, like, gone hiking a lot. Good. Like, the past month or so and it's just been really fun to like just like that's what we're in school for is to like do that sort of stuff and like when you can't do it through school like you might as well do it out on your own outside and just go and find stuff and explore and like just learn things naturally hands-on even if you're not being taught them so like you know we, we would go on this long like four mile hike and like we started finding, like, moose scat and, like, carnivore scat, and, like, both of us are, like, excited as hell about, like, poop, and it's just, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> That's awesome. We haven't, we haven't gotten any really good camera pictures yet, but we're, we're hoping to, but it's still fun anyway. Yeah, just being out there. Nick and Kevin, how about you guys? What are some of your, what's your best wildlife memory from college? That's a that's a tough one. I there's always been one lab that's always stood out in my brain. I don't know why it was just kind of fun. Um, we didn't actually go too far from campus. This was one of Lindsay's labs. Oh, no. And she pulled out these big metal tubes and she was like, "We're gonna shove these in the ground." Um, <laughs> and we pulled out a core sample of the clay. Um, from way down, I don't, I don't even know how far down we went. Um, but then everyone decided that it was a great time to have a facial. Uh, so we started covering ourselves in this clay that was like uh, fossils and stuff. So we we're like, oh, this is really fun. Like, when are we gonna get to do this again? And we we're all super dirty, riding back in the vans. <laughs> and I remember that was before I had a decent pair of boots. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put on some crappy sneakers today. And they got pulled into the mud a couple times. Oh. But I always saw experiences like that as like, why not get a little dirty, have some fun? Like, you only live once. Sorry, my dog is entering the chat. No, completely <laughs> okay. Um, one of my favorite memories uh, is probably from this past semester. I was doing... Uh, project for my capstone class where a bunch of us had to set up a turkey banding station uh, around the area and we had been constantly getting turkeys at this one site so we were finally going to band it and uh, I was the only student who could go out that day so I was sitting in a blind with uh, just by myself and up behind a hill, there was uh, Kendall Martin. He's the regional biologist for Sydney uh, and another technician. And they were like, we trust you enough to uh, detonate the rocket net. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so I, I'm up at like 3 a.m. or something because I have to get to the site early. And I'm sitting there for hours. And it's one of the coldest days like that was out of all of the days we sat out. And... I'm like covered head to toe in everything I could find in my car, blanket wise and warmth wise. And I remember when they showed up and 
after I detonate the net, I get up to run out, and as I start to get out of the net, and as the as Kendall's coming over uh, the little ridge, I fall face first into the snow because my legs had been sitting so long, <laughs> and they had completely gone numb. And I was like, "Ow, that hurt!" And it was in a <laughs> cornfield too, so I hit all these corn stalks. So I'm like, uh, I got to get back up and like get the blood moving as fast as possible and try to run to the net. And I'm just, just like tripping all over myself. And later, Kendall's like, hey, it was pretty funny watching you fall over a bunch of times. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> I was awesome. like, I'm, I'm glad I could uh, give you the entertainment you wanted this morning. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, that is all the questions I have for you guys. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to sit and ask me some questions that I'm sure it hasn't been easy and may not have been that fun to talk about some of the shit that's been going on, but I just think it's important to get firsthand accounts out there so people understand how this has been going because you, this was supposed to be some of the best times of your life and I hope you take the time to still make it positive and take something out of it or at least learn and just hopefully this never happens again, but if it does, at least in the future, maybe you'll be like, yeah. I made it through that one time. I'm going to get through it again. We're wildlifers. We adapt. We overcome. We always make it through. So I hope that everything goes well for you guys in the future, and I appreciate you doing this podcast with me. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. All right, so that is the end of the interview with the college students and wildlifers that I have for you guys. I hope that you enjoyed listening to some of their first name experiences, learning about some of the the various things that they've done throughout their college careers. One of my favorite parts of this episode was hearing about what some of their favorite wildlife memories have been throughout their college career, just because, first of all, I wanted to end it on more of a positive note, but also I think it's cool to see that, yeah, some of them had similar types of memories via main term and that kind of thing but I think it also just goes to show that each wildlifer has a very different college experience based on what they're interested in what they want out of their college life and how they want to move forward in the future and I think that is something that is fairly different in wildlife and natural sciences that there are so many different ways you can go and I know that these students are going to go to some amazing places and do some awesome things with their career and I I really look forward to see how they turn this shitty situation into something that will further their careers in the future so with that being said that is all i have for you guys this week next week we'll be sitting down with my old high school science teacher holly Tripp. until then i hope you continue to make natural science part of your daily conversation bye